Software development is complex. The problems it solves will always have a level of complexity. In this podcast, I'll talk about why. Welcome to the Better Return on Investment from Software Development Podcast. A podcast aimed at those that fund software development and those that work with them. In a series of short weekly podcasts, I, your host Mark Taylor, hope to educate and inform on why traditional management processes won't get you the best return on your investment. And along the way, I'll provide some advice on how to improve that. Software development is part science, part art. It is the act of turning ideas into reality. It is, at its heart, problem solving. A software developer will need to take a request presented to them, evaluate that request against their knowledge of any existing systems, evaluate that request against their own technical capabilities, then formulate a potential solution to that request. It's problem solving. And once they have that potential solution, then they need to implement it which in itself will generally lead to a whole series of further challenges to solve. Again, problem solving. And the whole time the software developer is working on that, there will be part of them asking, is this really the best way to solve the problem? And this is where software development really gets complex. There is rarely a single correct answer to a software development problem. Rather, there will be a number of potential solutions that can each have a variety of pros and cons. This should be a familiar state for most business managers. The higher you rise within an organisation, the more you have to make decisions on incomplete information. If everything was known prior to making the decision, then to be honest, you wouldn't be needed. People would just follow a predefined process. If this, then do that. Much of management is about making the decision when the way is not clear. You will evaluate incomplete data that you have available to you. You will assess and evaluate potential answers. You will weigh the pros and cons and arrive at a decision which is often the best available rather than some perfect answer. And only later you may find something that affects your decision. Maybe some assumption you made or some piece of the original puzzle wasn't correct. With this you may choose to make a course correction. Maybe that correction is a trivial thing. Maybe that correction amounts to a complete do-over. Again, you will be assessing the pros and cons of various solutions. Largely, it comes down to your judgment as a manager. And then only time will tell if you have acted wisely. And that is what is happening with software developers. They are constantly having to make judgments and choices over the best approach to solving a particular problem. And they have to do that at the same time as not being held back by analysis paralysis, being too conflicted with competing solutions, they simply do not progress. I'll talk more about that particular problem in a future episode. Rather, for the rest of the episode, I would like to look at the comparison of software development to building a house. This comparison has been voiced to me by various executives. There is an expectation that house building is a known, understandable process, and that surely software development is equivalent. And with it having been raised to me so many times, I'd like to use that analogy to explore the complexity of software development. Now, I love to use analogies, 
Analogies can be a wonderful tool to bridge the technical divide. They can also lead to a loss of meaning if over-relied on. Sometimes one party can buy into the analogy too far, making assumptions based on that analogy to which there is no correlation. No analogy will ever be 100% correct. So, that aside, back to building a house. This analogy is deep with potential benefits. Barring significant cultural differences, you can assume a good amount of shared understanding when it comes to house building. There are some great parallels that can be drawn from building a house. You have comparable roles, for example. In software development, we have a variety of trades similar to construction, all of which work together to produce the finished article. We even borrow some of the names and terms such as architecture. In software development, it describes how a solution will be built out and interact with its surrounding environment, very much akin to building architecture. We can also understand the value of good solid foundations. We know that if we want our house to last the test of time, that we will need solid reliable foundations. We then need all the good things that we would expect from modern house building. Security, protection from the elements, utilities such as water and electric. We also expect that we will need to carry out maintenance during the life of the property. The costs do not end with the build. And this is true also of software development. Our cost is much more than the initial build. We also have to factor in the maintenance and upkeep of it over its lifetime. And in keeping with the house building analogy, the better job we do on the initial build, the cheaper it will be to maintain during that lifetime. If we use cheap products and poor construction techniques in our building, then we'll have a very expensive ongoing maintenance cost. Potentially, if we've done a really poor job, we may need to pull it down and start again. Luckily in construction we have evaluators, such as the building regulations in the UK, to ensure that reasonable standards are adhered to. Another great use of the house building analogy is when considering change after the initial build. If you want to add an extra room to your house, you would expect to go through the appropriate steps to ensure that it is integrated into the original house correctly. That may require changes to the original foundations or architecture, so that the addition is in sympathy with the rest of the property. Otherwise you run the risk of making your entire house unsafe and unsustainable. Again the same is true in software development, but it isn't visible. Thus will not be as instantly recognisable. Sometimes we may want to add what seems to be the most innocuous thing, but significant change is required to ensure the integrity of the overall solution is not compromised. Okay, so on to where the building a house analogy falls down. One of the biggest gripes I have is the expectation that any software development project should be able to provide 100% correct cost and time estimates up front, just like building a house. In response to this, I'd ask if the requester has ever commissioned building work. Certainly my personal experience is that construction is not a yardstick by which to measure the infallibility of predictive estimation. It's common for delays to occur due to weather, suppliers or a host of other factors and, depending on how the work is financed, increased costs as well. The more bespoke the house is, the higher the risk of an upfront estimate being wildly out. Anyone that's ever watched the UK Grand Designs programme will be well aware that a custom build is far from a clear-cut thing. But putting that aside, the construction trade has been around for thousands and thousands of years. 
there is an immense collection of tried and tested practices for both estimation and execution on which to rely on. Take, for example, the role of quantity surveyor, whose role it is to calculate the amount of materials needed for building work and how much they will cost. Given precise architectural designs, they can calculate how many bricks will be needed for a wall, how much cement will be needed, and the labour time to erect it. They work from a body of known knowledge. If a wall is built with this type of brick, using this type of building process, then largely they have a formula to work with. If the building process or material or architecture is foreign to them, then it can only be expected that any estimate is an educated guess at best, a stab in the dark at worst. Now, in software development, yes, we have known development process, tools and architectures, but they're constantly evolving. Software development is still a very immature discipline, especially when compared to building. You're comparing an industry which goes back thousands of years to something that has only really been around for the last 60 or 70. With its use comes, comes a constant stream of change, innovation and evolution. I've been working professionally in software development for over 25 years, and I can tell you that during that time, the changes I've seen are staggering. Even year to year, you can see substantial change on what has come before. As an illustration, if you're at your computer, do a quick experiment. Go to Amazon and do a search for programming. Then down the left-hand side, select computer programming under department. Results will vary, but I'm getting about 22,000 results. Now select those released in the last 30 days on the left-hand side. I'm getting 360 books. 360 new books on computer programming in the last 30 days on top of the existing 22,000. Hopefully that gives you some idea how much the industry is in flux. And all of that flux adds to the complexity of the problem solving for the software developer. As the industry matures, so previously valid approaches fall out of favour while new approaches are promoted. A constant challenge to those trying to find the best answer to our problem. This podcast has been hosted by me, Mark Taylor. It has been produced by Redfold Consultancy, a consultancy that can help you achieve better return on your software development investment. You can contact them or sign up to the mailing list at red-folder.com or you can reach out to me at Twitter at redfoldermark. Next time, I want to talk about the best way to invest in software development.